Hallelujah. Let's give them a clap one more time. That was fantastic. God bless you. Well done. Well done. us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We are grateful for all the wonderful things you are doing in our midst. We thank you for the various deliverances. We thank you for the various blessings and open doors. We are gathered here in your name today and We've come to do one thing, to worship you. And also, we expect one result, that you bless us. So, Father, as we do that which our hearts have decided to do, by your help, please open the heavens over this place. Bless us in a special way. Let us have a sweet memory of this day. That the third of July, the year of our Lord, 2016, is the day that the Lord made our Judah to bring forth our Pharex. As we praise you, Lord, let there be breakthrough. We ask our dear Father that all your children that have ministered beautifully since we started right from the early morning prayers to the teaching of the Bible during the sword of the Spirit, on to the opening hymn and the wonderful testimonies. We thank you for the administration. Thank you for the choir. We know your hand is upon them and we know that hand is getting stronger still. All those that have sung, ministered, played the instrument and blessed us this morning, Father, Please accept our thanks and praise on their behalf. We've now come to this session, Lord. We want to hear from you. Brief the word may be, but let the impact be long. Let what you will do in our lives be big and permanent. And I pray that we shall return very soon with songs on our lips and praises in our hearts. Thank you, everlasting Father. We give you worship, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have worshipped. Praise the Lord. I think we can do a little bit better than that. Praise the name of the Lord. It's Thanksgiving Sunday, and it's very easy for me to just turn these 30 minutes I have into time of session of praise and worship if you don't respond. And I'm sure God will still not be angry with me. So, and I know you also like to hear some word from the Lord. So, please, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. When we say hallelujah, it's not a mindless cry. It's a cry of heaven. It simply means let Jehovah be praised. And he shall be praised in your lives in Jesus' name. Very quickly, before I share, I was listening to the testimonies remotely. And that was moving. That was moving. It made me to fear God for his love and for him showing up at the right time. Every one of the testimony, 
Not least the sister, sister Retta, that was locked up. I didn't get the initial part of the story, but even then, it was still emotional for her to be saying it. You know what the story could have been? Um, but God is telling us that he's with us. God is telling us that there's no arrow of the enemy fired against us that shall prosper. And so shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the brother that talks so much about failure and failure, I'm sure his story is now success and success. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus. I can go through them one by one, but time will fail me. Maybe I just take one more. Uh, The sister that said that, you know, unplanned and then food and food. If you want food, the Lord help you. Another one. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. God has been gracious to us, and we have no reason but to be filled with thanksgiving and praise unto him. I will try and just talk for just a few minutes, and then we will pray again and see what the Lord will do. This month is the month of His glory. Amen? And our test for the month is taken from Isaiah chapter 58, verse 8. Isaiah 58, verse 8. I solicit your help upstairs to please put the verses up for me very quickly because I will try and read from the screen. It says, shall we read that together, church? Want to go? Okay. Now, thy and thine Thank God for that. Can we have the New King James Version? Um, I hope everybody knows me of die here. There are some generations that probably don't know what die means, okay? Thank you. Shall we read that together one more time? One, to go, please. Then your light shall spring forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your real God. Can I hear amen unto that one? If you then look at the preceding two verses, they are the foundation for the verse 8 that we just read. And don't be worried about that because I know Psalm 58 to many of us has a different connotation. What does verse 6 and verse 7 say, please? Upstairs. Thank you very much. It says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To lose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Verse 7, is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Verse 8 now. Then, go back to verse 7. Did you get the flow now? So the progression was that if you do this, if you do this, if you do that, I'm a little bit concerned, and I don't let me give you the wrong vibe from here. I don't let me give you the wrong message from here. That the scripture is telling me that what you need to step into the glory of God is not the big fast. It's not the long sessions of not eating. He says, you may do that, but it's more important for you to do what he says in that verse 7, for instance, when he says, is it not to share your bread with the hungry? Is that something you can do? That you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. Is that something you can consider doing? That should not be too difficult, is it? He said, when you see the naked, 
that you cover them. Is that something within the sphere of your ability? And not hide yourself from your own relation. That's how the New, New Living Translation put it. That you don't hide your hand or hide yourself from ministry to your own family members. I believe you can do all that. And doing all those simple things, he then tells me in verse 8. What does he say in verse 8 then? After you've done all those simple things. He says in verse 8, then, verse 8, then. Ah, you're going to preach with me upstairs today. You have to. Then your light shall bring forth like the morning. I'm not hearing amen unto that one. And believe you me, I will talk to you a little bit about glory and light in a minute. But I say that again. Your light shall bring forth like the morning. That is, you will not be obscure anymore. You know, many of us, we are obscure in our Christian lives. We are hidden in our work. Nobody can see the glory of God upon our lives. Some of our businesses are obscure. That's why they are not breaking through. Some of the certificates you've gotten, some of the blessings that are in your life, they are not being appreciated because light has not shone upon it. That's the problem. He said, but no longer shall it be hidden. Your light shall then shine forth like the morning. And your healing shall spring forth speedily. That is where you are hurting. You hurt there no more. When you are feeling pain, you feel pain there no more. And all he's asking you to do, because when he says month of his glory, he says what you need to step into so that you can step into what I have for you, they are not big deals at all. There are simple things you can, you can, you can you know, identify with how you can do. He then goes on, and your righteousness shall go before you. That is people we see and say there's the righteousness of God in you. Then the glory of the Lord shall surround you as it were. Because in front of you, you are marching with God leading you. Your back is exposed, but what shall be behind your back? The glory of the Lord. And with that glory behind you, no demon can come by. Because God dressed in a light that is unapproachable by man. He dressed in a light that is unapproachable by demons. And so, very briefly, I will mention unto you, what is this glory all about? What is this glory all about? Glory... Number one, glory is the distinctive mark placed on something. You put on the screen for me, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. Glory is the distinctive mark placed on something. Glory is that thing that marks something. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40. We'll look at that together very quickly. It says, there are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So, they all have their different glory. Okay? So, I see there's a distinctive map placed on some objects. And he went to verse 41 to explain it better. In verse 41, he explains it better. There is one glory of the sun, and another glory of the moon. Another glory of the stars. For one star differs from another star in... There's another message in that one. I won't preach that today. We are all stars. I hope you know. But we are going to shine differently. We're going to shine differently. We are all stars. We are going to... but, but, but let's leave that for now. The main point that he's telling me there is that there's a distinctive mark placed on something. Now, I go further. Now, for everything that has a distinctive mark placed on it... There are two aspects to that glory. There is what I can call what 
makes that thing up. I call it the intrinsic. I don't want to use the big name, but intrinsic is the easiest way for me to put it. That is, what is it that makes it that thing in itself? For instance, what makes me up as a human being, my head and all my physical body? But that in itself is not going to make enough mark unless there is an appreciation from you. Because I could have been an alien or I could have landed on that planet and you may look at me and say, oh, it's looking good. But if I landed on that planet, they say, who is this? So a glory is not glory unless it is perceived by other people. And there's a lot in that one, brethren. Because people with the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth, thank God he had his way with many, but there are some who did not perceive his glory. Put it another way. What is the worth of a diamond? What is the worth of a diamond? Eh? The price. No, not quite. What's the worth of a diamond? Eh? It's what you want to pay for it. Is the price you pay on it? Nobody buys a diamond. In fact, the only thing that diamond has, I hope you know, is that it is hard and you can use it to cut. That's the only useful, that's the only thing useful about diamond. I hope you know. That's the only thing. Every other thing. Sorry, women, I'm sorry about that, but I, mean, I will apologize later. But that, that's all. The only thing about diamond intrinsically is his hardness to cut things. Take that away, as far as I'm concerned, it's another stone. But yet, we take diamond and we pay thousands of pounds for it. Why? Because that's our perception of it. I'll tell you where I'm going in a minute. You know where I'm going? You have many certificates. If somebody does not put value upon it, job is not coming. And that's what I'm telling you. You're not going to call for glory. You are so beautiful. You are so handsome. And nobody is making proposal. It's not because I'm not handsome. It's not because you are not beautiful. Perception has to change from somewhere. And so, it's not just the intrinsic quality. It is also, is there a demand for you? There shall be a demand for you. There shall be a demand for us. And that is glory as far as it's concerned. That's glory. It is the money you put upon the house that makes the house the house. If you have 1.5 million pounds in your pocket... Here in Aberdeen, I will buy a house with a swimming pool. 1.5 million pounds in my pocket. Right across the Thames in Canary Wharf will give me a two-bedroom flat on the fourth floor. <laughs> and there are quite a number of us that will be sharing the lift there. For your information, I don't like buying flights except for Maybe investment. I'm old-fashioned. I'm traditional. I want the ground under me. <laughs> 1.5 million, you're not going to own the ground under you. We went to the States one time. Somebody was trying to sell us all this, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, timeshare. What broke it for him? I said, how many of us own this house? He said, I said, where is going to be my, um, what do you call it now, my CFO or uh, my title deed? The man looked at me. My wife has a picture me, let's go. <laughs> I mean, they pick us very early. The money gave us croissant, and then, of course, the, the other attraction was very unattractive champagne. I said, that's a waste of time. But we had the croissant and the rest of that. Time. The value that you place upon it is what people want to pay for it. May people seek to pay a lot about our lives. Do you even know you can teach the world? You have the anointing. 
Do you know if there's no demand and request for it, you're just going to be on your own. Oh, believe you me, I know preachers. They preach like no man's business. If two people turn up, they are rejoicing. And I mean, I can sit under them any day. It's more that I'm even talking about spiritual things. So, oh, it has those that look at. No, 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 no. Everything you need that glory of God to rest upon it. If it doesn't rest upon it, it's all over. And so that's what we're going to look at during this month. You're going to pay a lot of attention to that. And your cry will constantly be, Lord, let your glory settle upon me. And it's going to make a lot of difference. In fact, it's going to make a world of difference. It's going to turn things around and it's going to make it a lot easier than it is. And, and, and I'm sorry, okay, it dropped on my heart. I shared this one. It might look funny to you. You know, before I got married, people were getting worried already. And they, they ought not to. They are just being, you know, they don't know what's wrong with them. Just in my early 30s. But I finished school. I got a good job. As far as they are concerned, it's reasonably eligible, but nothing was happening. And I was taking it for granted until after the time my eyes opened, I started praying properly. Because there were proposals that were not going through. The other proposals that were coming, they cannot be considered. <laughs> because I was in the church in which, I've told you before, my constituency were under 12 and over 60. <laughs> and I was just a wee 30-year-old, 30-something-year-old guy. But God made the way eventually. He made the glory to come. And when that glory landed, uprooted somebody from somewhere. Disturbed everywhere and landed her. Brethren, ask for that. I'm I'm not joking. Ask for that glory. Sincerely, ask, ask, ask this month for it. It makes all the difference. And believe you me, the uh, the taste of the pudding is in the eating. And years on, you could see that I enjoy glory and help in that area. You will enjoy greater glory. You will enjoy greater help in the name of Jesus. Number two, number two, that the extent of your glory depends on how irresistible you are. The extent of your glory, or the more irresistible you are, the greater the glory. Or the greater the glory, the more irresistible you will be. It's commutative. Commutative is two plus two. Two plus three is equal to three plus three. It's equal to three plus two. You, mean, you know what I mean? So you can place it that way. So you can say the extent of your glory or the stronger your glory, the more irresistible you are. Amen? And the more irresistible you are, definitely it must be, the more must be the glory that you carry. And you know what, brethren? That is real. Turn to Acts chapter 6 for me. Acts chapter 6. Now, they put up verse 10 for me first. Acts chapter 6, verse 10. We just look at one scripture verse. Today is Thanksgiving Sunday, um, but I may not, you know, be preaching, you know, uh, as I would like to in the next few weeks, but, you know, but j- just get, that's why I'm doing the opening for this particular series. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. Does somebody want that in their own lives? And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. I make it easier for you. A sister went for an interview. For, was it a PhD interview? And she sat down there, she spoke and spoke. I shared that with you many times. She's a professor somewhere down in some state in Nigeria now. She was so irresistible to them that when they, finished, they asked her one of the questions, and she looked at that question, she said, I don't know. 
And please, I beg you, maybe if you go for an interview, if you go for anything, if you don't know, say you don't know. They hate, people hate waffling. I went for one of my exams in Edinburgh, I remember Royal College, and then after I finished speaking, I know I blew it. So the man, <laughs> I was waffling. Since then, I don't waffle anymore. Don't waffle. So this woman said, <laughs> this woman said, I don't know. But it was a trick question. When they finished, she turned back to them. He said, by the way, that question you asked, sir, what is the answer? He said, he has no answer. It was supposed to be a trick question. That was an irresistible woman with a wisdom. You know, you can tell and then interview like that, that you so much lecture them, they are, the only thing that will make them afraid is that you might take their job. So God will help you to step it down sometimes. <laughs> because it, it, you can be that good. I believe God can make us to be that good. That it's going to be the topmost boss that we say, I insist on hiring because the immediate boss will be afraid of you. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which you spoke. But why was, like, why was it like that? Go to verse 15 for me. And you will see the connect now. And they were not, verse 15 please, one five. thank you. And all who sat in the council, looking steadfastly at him, saw his face as the face of, as the face of, that is glory. And I'm still insisting on it. I want that glory upon you. I want that glory upon me. It is tangible. It is real. It makes all the world of difference. I'll give you another story before I take my last point, and then we will pray. Some of you have heard this story before. I was working for the Nigerian army for a little while under the Ministry of Defense. And when we were employed, we were asked that we will be taken to different parts of the country. If you come from the south originally, they take you to the north. If you come from the north, they will take you to the south. And so along the line, I got born again. When I got born again, rededicated my life, really on fire for the Lord. And the Lord wanted a, wanted a change of place for me, wanted me to move and so that I can be discipled, I can grow in him. So I went to, I went quarters one of the days, and the general was there. He was called the director of the Army Medical Corps. And so as I got there, something within me, oh, it's good to hear God. Something within me asked me that I should go and ask to see him. No, don't do that. Even if you're a colonel, even whoever you are, you need to book an appointment to see this guy. So I went to the secretary. I said, I would like to see General XYZ. So he looked at me and said, do you have an appointment? I said, no. Ah. He said, who are you? I told him. So the guy said, no, you can't see him. I said, just go and tell me I want to see him. You know what? I'm thinking now, you know what I heard that was helping me? I knew I was a child of God. And no matter the general you are, there should be something in me greater. So I went inside, surprised. I was expecting the man to say no. And the Lord, when the Lord said I should see the man, I said, what should I say? It was such a conversation. Some of you have heard the story before. He said, what should I say? Just, just tell him that you want him to move you within six months of being posted to another part of the country back to the southern part of the country I said, why? What should I say? Just tell him that you have an aged mother and you want to stay close. What a silly reason to say. We don't employ you to do that. So I went in, stood before the man. Immediately I entered, the place was so imposing, was so intimidating. I just stood. So the man said, and it's also an elderly man, an elderly colleague, he's been qualified years before me, rose through the ranks in the army, so he has everything that would make me to be intimidated. I was a tall man as well, very tall, fair-skinned. I think so. Okay. Some of you know that particular stock of people. So I came into the room and then he said, young man, what can I do for you? Exactly. I said, I want you to 
moved me down to Lagos, sir. He said, why? I said, well, I have an agent. He said, no, 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 I can't do that. So what nonsense, I can't do that. So I kept quiet. And so the man was arguing with him. No, I can't do that. He said, okay, I will think about it. He said, no, 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 no. Why would I do that? He said, well, I mean, how am I going to do that? Okay, I will think about it. I will see what I can do. And the man was going on about that for about three, five minutes. I was just, I said, well, when you finish arguing. And I knew. <laughs> and so after he argued himself and, you know, the case had been won, he said, okay, okay. Um, when I'll be in Kaduna, Tomorrow, um, have you stole your commander, which is also a totally wrong thing to do. You, it is totally, if I, that's a sackable offense. Even if I be the child of the head of state, I should not have gone above my commandant right to the topmost person. It is a no-no. Finish. He said, have you told your commandant? I said, the Holy Spirit said, don't lie. I said, no. <laughs> he said, okay, I will be in Kaduna tomorrow, and then I practically ran on my feet. And Lagos was still Lagos then. Things were still a little bit okay. The last penny in my pocket went straight to the airport, got the next airport, uh, air, air, aircraft, landed late, 5 p.m. was passed. First thing in the morning, went to my commander's office, passed away now. Fantastic man, I worked with him, one brigadier, and I put it before him. The man said, Hi, ah, you are my prize guy. I don't want to lose anything. To cut the long story short, something shifted in the heavens. That a case that was supposed to not be the end of that week, I was back down south. Of course, it was not just for my own gain. It was because God wanted to disciple me there. He put me in a church there, built me up, and I'm standing here today. When glory comes, no obstacle is insurmountable. And I've lived that. I've seen that. I've entered doors that normally should have been shut against me. There was a door that was not supposed to open it open. You know why? There was a glory resting. And that's why I became irresistible. That's why in your time, as well, think back, there are moments in your life that you have been irresistible like that. God is still doing it. Finally, all true glory comes from God. God is the source of all true glory. Put it this way. If you are not prepared to let the glory that will come upon your life be God's glory, don't ask for it. It will never be your glory. He says, he, is my glory will I share with no other. You know what that means? That is, even though I may carry his glory, it can never be my glory. It's, it's a length glory. In fact, it's not even length. He just plays it on you. It always is. And so, that must be in your mind. Take note of that one. If I'm not writing anything down, if you want glory that we're talking about, you must make sure it remains his glory. If somebody heard what I'm saying, and God will do it, He will turn it around for us. Rise up on your feet with me. Very simple three points. Number one, there is a glory that will make a lot of difference in your life. And if you lump that to the point number three, that glory comes only from God. You can't work for it, you can't labor for it, it can only be given to you by God. And with all these things we have said, and I'm sure somebody's business is turning around. I'm sure your life is taking a turn for the better. In the name of Jesus. Because of our time, two things we will do this afternoon. Hallelujah. Well, if I say two things we will do, I think hallelujah should be louder. Hallelujah. 
two things we will do. Number one, we will make our usual confession. I'll put that on the screen in a minute. They will put that on the screen for us, our usual confession. And after that, by the Spirit of the Lord, as the Lord leads us in the next five, ten minutes, I will make pronouncements over us by the Spirit of the Lord. And the Lord will hear our cry. He will turn it all around for us. Do you have it on the screen there? All right. So, we can read it together. So, today, today, we're going to talk about health and health and make this constant decline. And I put Bible verses there. So, you go back. That should be 8 verse 9, please. I don't know how 9 got cut off. That should be 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9, Isaiah chapter 60 verse 1, and 3 John chapter 1, only one chapter there, and verse 2. So, we read that together. I want to go. Father... I thank you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? We will read this slowly together and you internalize it and I will leave you to pray that in having it seen on the screen for a few moments and then we will trust the Lord for mighty work. So you will read after me this time. Father, I thank you for your word that is spirit and life. Please don't let my voice be louder than yours. The reason why I say that, and sometimes when we speak out, we speak from our inside, there's something that does to our spirit as well. You know, so it's not just, you know, I, I try to explain everything I do, because I do know I, I, I could be a very difficult church member. I was a very difficult church member, so I can understand if you're a difficult church member. You know, yes, because I was. I, I, don't, I just don't tell, many, tell me the reason why. So if you are there, we're in the same boat. So I will explain myself to you, you know, you're not sure. Why is he telling us to do this? The reason why I'm telling you to do that is that when you speak up, there's something with you. You know, when we, we're, we're in the stadium and the, the way they shout, you know, you, you, have you seen players before? What do they do? What does that mean? Hump it up, hump it up. Because they know that moves them to play. So are, the rules are the same. So don't let the world be wiser than us. Many times we've been taught, just let be. There are moments for solemnity. Believe you me, every day I pray long hours in tongues, long hours of silent prayer for your information. But also I do know there's a value for praying loud. Are you getting what I'm saying? I may just be talking to two, three people, it does not matter. The rest of you, you say, why, why am I going on about that? I know, you all know it. But love is that we should get everybody with us. That's another principle I'm telling you. So nobody should be left behind. Everybody should feel comfortable with what we are doing. And that way will be a powerful and united body. Are you on the same page with me now? So all of us can then do it very well. Father, I thank you for your word. That is spirit alive. I hereby declare in the name of Jesus that I shall be very worthy spiritually. Healthy spiritually. Emotionally and physically, 
I decree in the name of Jesus that I shall be spiritually wealthy, emotionally rich, physically sound. In the name of Jesus, I shall flourish materially by the power of his word. One more time, Father, I thank you for your word that is spirit and life. I hereby declare in the name of Jesus that I shall be very healthy spiritually, very healthy emotionally, superlatively healthy physically. I decree in the name of Jesus that I shall be spiritually wealthy, emotionally rich, physically sound. In the name of Jesus, I shall flourish materially by the power of his word. Whatever test I face in my Christian journey shall be turned into testimonies. Whatever test I face in my Christian journey, whatever test I face in my Christian journey, all tests that I face in my Christian journey shall be turned into testimonies. Stumbling blocks shall become stepping stones. In the name of Jesus, the glory of the Lord is upon me. I am ordained to shine forth. Shine forth for my God. And I will shine until it comes for me. In the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and pray along that line. Take those verses into your heart. Take those verses into your mouth. And just in a moment, I will round it up. And I believe the Lord will make us to be a healthy people. A wealthy people. Spiritually wealthy. Physically wealthy. Strong in the Lord doing exploits for him I shall be wealthy in my emotion I shall not be an emotional cripple I shall not be an emotional no no a pauper but wealthy emotionally I shall be wealthy materially I will not run my life on on shoestrings my affairs shall not be run on shoestring budget in the name of the Lord Jesus yes Lord I am a child ordained for glory and glory and glory alone shall be my portion. I will shine in my generation. My ministry shall not be obscure. My family life shall not be obscure. My life personally as a believer shall not be obscure and hidden. The hand of the Lord is upon me. Have more 30 seconds to pray that. Pray it with your own slant. Over the din of my voice. Turn it into word. Don't murmur it. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. Speak it out. Put your name there. I, Chris Bailey. Put your name there. I shall shine. The glory of the Lord shall be upon me. Your declaration shall be your possession. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Bring your prayer to a close. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And you shall shine forth in the name of the Lord Jesus. And because his glory will rest and tabernacle upon you, you will be very, very much in demand in the name of the Lord Jesus. I say one more time in the name that's above all names. Because of his glory that will rest upon you, you will be very much in demand in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Kings shall lose their sleep over your affairs. Rulers shall have sleep taken away from their eyes until they favor you. And that favor will be to bring glory to your God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Because this is our expectation. Because this is our hope. Together, Father, we will shout it to the heavens. And as we shout it, we ask that the heavens will respond on our behalf in the name of Jesus. That's why we all shout glory. One more time, we all shall glory. Thank you, Father. I see walls tumbling down. I see barriers being broken right now. I see chains that are bound you being broken right now. Because the King of glory is in the house. So together we shall glory. And as you are shouting, the glory is coming away. God's glory is coming. Jehovah's glory is coming. One more time. You saw God's glory. Yikiah, in the name of Jesus. Receive it right now. Receive it right now. Lift your hands to the heaven. Receive it right now. Receive the glory of God over your life, over your circumstances. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. And you shall shine forth in your generation. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. For indeed you are the King of glory. In Jesus' mighty name we are praying. Put those hands together for the Lord Jesus. Because you are going to be celebrated very soon. Hallelujah. Give him praise. Give him praise. Thank you, Father.